What's going on? Eh? Free? Buddy, you've got the card board coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. I am the cartel, the hobby assassin, the gun for hire, the hobby Leon the professional, the hobby Chow Yun Fat. And I'm ready to pop off, Coach Co. I'm ready to tell our viewers and listeners, one and the same, <laughs> to reject modernity and embrace collectability. This uh, this might be a fiery one. So uh, buckle up if you're listening. It's going to be good. We are going to start this party off with uh, perhaps the hottest topic in the hobby, not named Lionel Messi. <laughs> oh, I'm going to uh, ask you about that later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that later. We could do that later. But for now, we are going to talk about the home run ball. That is the 62nd home run by Aaron Judge. Uh, it was caught by a gentleman at Yankee Stadium, I believe, right? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Perfect. Um, and there were initial points. First of all, there was a bounty on this baseball before it was ever caught. Um, several big auction houses, as well as uh, prominent memorabilia collectors, uh, put bounties on this card. I think uh, Rick Probstein put an embarrassing bounty of $50,000 on it, if I'm not mistaken, which is, <laughs> in hindsight, pretty goddamn hilarious. Uh, <clears throat> and it'll become even more hilarious when we reveal exactly how much this baseball sold for. Um, but... There were reports that this gentleman who caught the baseball was offered as much as $3 million when he had the baseball in hand. Now, um, one Mr. Ken Golden, um, I guess, convinced them that he could get a similar price or higher. I mean, I would have to assume that if he was offered $3 million, that he was probably saying that he could get more if he went the golden auctions route uh, and decided to consign through them. The final sale price of this item was $1.5 million. Now, if we take a step back, I mean, we're going to talk about several aspects of this, but I want to say before you go off and then I go off off for real, that the fact that this guy paid the price of admission, albeit probably inflated because everyone was trying to catch that ball. Yeah. I know that when I looked up tickets in Toronto, because he was here a few days before. Just a couple and, days. Um, and I was like, yo, if it happens and I didn't go, I'm going to be pissed. Um, given the fact that he paid for just the, the price of admission, caught a baseball, and gets to leave with a cool 1.5 million minus fees. So let's say he nets a million dollars. I mean, that's a pretty good gig. You know, that's a pretty good gig. It's a great get, a great score. It's not bad. Now, come up, a come up, a cop. There are some issues, however. Number one, and this is something that you and I have been talking about for quite some time, is that. Um, <clears throat> I just don't know how much more people are getting at auctions versus the open market. I really, I don't even show me a card that wouldn't do 
I mean, I don't know, maybe when we start getting into like six and seven figures, but I assume that the people who are buying these objects or memorabilia, I'm pretty sure that like there's a tight knit group of people who are buying this stuff. Right. So like a friend of a friend could have contacted this gentleman with the baseball oh, uh, cool. and done things privately, realistically speaking. Oh. But I think the greater concern is that much like with the triple logo, man, um, I mean, Ken Golden's price estimates are a little off to say the least. I mean, this is a 50%. This is 50% less than what he talked about on TV. You know, 50% less than I'm sure he almost guaranteed to the gentleman in order to get him to sell it through Golden Auctions. You know, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So there was the Probstein offer. There was a bunch of other private offers, I believe. And it wasn't just Kenny G. It was a group of advisors, apparently, like individuals, whoever they are, with their vast expertise advising this guy to go to auction with Golden. As we all know, Golden Auctions is the place to go, especially if you've got rare, one-of-a-kind autographed items from the Beatles, Bruce Lee, the astronauts of the Apollo mission, et cetera, so on and so forth. We all know that, right? We've been told that repeatedly. Um, the saturation of the auction market is certainly not a concept that you and I stumbled upon or started talking about before anyone else. A lot of people have been discussing the oversaturation of the auction market you have these auctions going on concurrently. You see the same sort of thing. Now, so we know what's going on with the typical rubbish that we're seeing out there. This is not typical rubbish. This is a, this is an extraordinary uh, piece of baseball history, right? Yep. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If we eliminate all of the asterisk seasons, this the juiced up seasons, this would be number one, would it not? If we eliminated all the juiciness? I don't think all of them. I don't think all of them. I think... I, I think so, because all the Bonds numbers are juicy, Maguire, Sosa, and he eclipsed Maris. hmm, Maris's number by Maris. two? One. I, I, I have a feeling, I, as I was looking up the numbers, it's, it's, the, it's the, the highest non-juicy number. You might, I mean, you might be right. You might be right. If it is indeed the highest non-juicy number, I mean, the way that history lays itself out, I mean, look, Roger Clemens is still not a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds is still not a Hall of Famer. If history lays it out so that we are going to continuously asterisk and remove the juicy, the juicy era, this is huge. This is huge, right? Um, and this is like an encapsulation of everything that we're seeing right now, right? You're, there's a gentleman who presumably is not so deep in the memorabilia business who has these advisors who are supposedly the experts, in our hobby. I've got, I've popped off on this before who are quote unquote leaders are who are quote unquote experts are. It was on our modest, humble podcast, which has about 300, 400 subscribers where I, I said, I thought the logo man would go for a couple mil. You can find that clip. It's out there in the world. And we had Kenny G on, I believe it was Fox news talking about 6 million. And here he was talking about, so talking about three, two to three. And, and I, I don't know, Brendan, if, if in your intro, you revealed what it actually went for. It was a 1.5, right? For the triple so, logo Yeah. No, 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 no. The, oh, the, no, the no, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Right. The, I did. the base, the, the triple logo man went for two. Yeah. The baseball went for 1.5. 1. 1. If, if you want to combine Kenny's uh, predictions, 
it's like $10 million he was going for. So look, that's, that's incredibly significant. He did it on a public forum. He, he did it on major uh, public platforms. And this is not to get on Ken Golden. No. Okay? He is a salesman. He's been a salesman almost his entire life. Um, he has enjoyed some degree of success. You can go over onto the Sports Card Radio channel right now if you would like to get some background info. We don't need to provide that for you. It's out there. Regardless of how you feel about him, he's sitting on his five acres, his golf course, and he's done quite well for himself. I understand um, the reasoning behind a lot of people in my life who have, have gone to golden auctions with some of their items. But again, um, what is, what's really going on here? It, what, what, what makes these guys the authorities? Why, why are we allowing this to, to happen the way it is, to, to represent the hobby the way it does? It makes everything look awful, to tell you the truth. Um, and again, like you mentioned, we don't, we don't know what goes on uh, behind the scenes with, with private deals. So everything is just kind of surface level anyways, in terms of what we're seeing as quote unquote, uh, quote unquote results. But if you just want to take it as face value and say like, here was a guy who maybe lost out on like potentially one to $1.5 million because the quote unquote experts told him to go to golden. We have a lovely reminder and a lesson here to all of us that you better be a little bit more careful in choosing your advisors, quote unquote, and the experts in, in, in this hobby. They're the same people that create charts and run podcasts that, that, that told you to just dive, dive in relentlessly into the basketball and football markets, which are currently, my understanding is crumbling. And so that's an, it's a nice little encapsulation. What we just saw with this historic ball, which I think is amazing. I think it's an amazing piece of, I mean, I, I, I agree too. I mean, like I said previously, like $1.5 million is not anything to scoff at, you know, like it's like, that's still, I I believe, you know, second highest, second highest piece of memorabilia, right? Like, um, that's massive, huge. It's it's, it's, It's just the fact that number one, the estimate was once again, way off. Yeah, that, that there's an issue there. Um, I mean, because it's very easy to spin the headline. Like, I mean, rather than a one point five million dollar sale, like this thing sold for fifty percent less than anticipated. Plain and simple. Yeah, and, right? and, like, and I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like you were alluding to this a little bit, but who's to say when an auction is running lower than the estimate? You know, again, I'm creating a fictional scenario. Begins right now. If you're going to clip this, um, someone calls someone they know says, here's an opportunity. This is going for less than it should be going for. Get that bid in, get that ball. I'll make sure that there's a a significant appreciation for you in the next year or so. Okay. If you got a lot of money and the rich get richer that way all the time, you can sit on that for a little bit, right? We're not talking about these flippers who right now are crying and and whining because they over leverage themselves with certain basketball players like LeBron James, certain football players that are now like probably either injured or, or not performing. Right. So I think even I think the high end, I think that potentially, I think even the high end market though, I think people were, were flipping high end. Right. Like, and, and like those cards were meant to be just held. Right. Yeah. So like, um, I mean, I think that's where a lot of those issues arise, but like back to yeah. our point, like the fact that there's 50, like, I mean, it's sold for 50% less is a, is a huge issue. Number one. And number two, the fact that, I mean, ultimately this person missed out on, double the money, yeah. you know, like double the money. Um, so it's interesting. I don't know where we go from here. You know, like, uh, it, is I, there... I, know where, I know where some people are going with the, with the whole auction issue right now. They're, they're going to get themselves some bargains. 
that they're seeing left and right on a lot of these um a lot of these auctions that are going on that I mean, again are, we joked about we joked about last week consigners and how things are going yeah. like significantly right. lower it, with getting like, back to the concept of right? experts right the expert is a couple guys with money that got together and had and had a, had a thought had a marketing team behind them and we talked about a local outfit that don't really know what they're doing but they're doing it anyway and the problem is the way they present themselves with the slick marketing and and the slick talk is going to attract new members of the hobby who don't want to do the uh, the due diligence and, and the research to find out who, who really are the experts, who are the people that really know what they're doing. A lot of times they're not necessarily running a consignment company. So they're busy being successful doing their own thing, right? Well, I mean, you would think that it's almost like these, these auction houses, consignments, they benefit most from people who either got in early or had a very low uh, buy-in for these items and they make whatever on top of that. And it's like, regardless, it's gravy. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause think about Absolutely. it. Like it, you just touched upon it. You said like a lot of the new entrants would go to, you know, some of these consigners. I mean, that, that would mean that, you know, let's say I had a, a, a Crosby PSA 10 young gun that I had purchased back in 05 or, 08 or 2011 even do you know sitting around. like maybe it was a 300 400 card back then maybe it was a 500 card i mean now those cards are let's let's say four or five thousand dollars um on average let's say i get 3500 for it i mean i'm still in the green going into christmas going into like you know all these instances where i'm probably going to need cash um, and then, you know, the auction house and the consignments and, and all the, these, these people end up getting their cut. So theoretically, yeah. everyone's happy, but yeah. like, we didn't really maximize what we could get on this. Yeah. Everyone wants a cut. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I know that the only true way to maximize is get yourself comfortable, build your own reputation, do your research and do things by yourself. And that, that, that includes everything, grading selling, buying. I know that's not easy. I'm not, I'm not sitting here by any means saying that that's an easy thing to accomplish. It actually takes a lot of time. And some people don't have the patience, don't have the time. A lot of people jumped in and maybe they want to get to that point, but they find themselves having to make fast moves. Right. And in that, in that case, that's where it's convenient. Yeah, it is convenient to have signers, right? If it's not, if you don't have the time, I'm, I mean, you're shit out of luck. And and I'm not saying These that like there, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that there's no options for you. What I'm saying is that this like this this lack of time is what creates these panic cells. It's what creates this like lack of patience towards the hobby in general, right? Yeah. Like if you don't have time to sit and look at your cards and examine your cards and wipe your cards with a microfiber cloth and you know, put them carefully, sleeve them. If you don't have time to do all that stuff, man, those are some of the, the things that I love the most Absolutely. about collecting. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, hell yeah. and, and, but, but you want the end result. You want it in a slab. You want it like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? So like, it's just kind yes. of backwards to say that you don't have time to do these things, but you but want again, the end result. We, we have to we have to consider all the various mindsets and to a degree respect them, even though we may not personally like them. We have to understand all these varying mindsets. Some of the mindsets have nothing to do with collecting or enjoying any of the aspects that you you just discussed. 
Uh, I saw this IG story where where guys like I can't believe we got to this point with with the vaults and um, and, and and getting getting to the point where you're not even like you're you're not holding your card and enjoying it. Um, you're not interacting with people in a sale. It's just very cold and just kind of mechanical, electronic. Dollars the whole in, process, right? Dollar and you have to understand, up. there's some people that could care less. That that's that's the thing. By the way, the, the vast majority of those people are hurting right now. They really are. So that was They're, my point. That was my point. Is that yeah. like like that like you being shit out of luck means that like how you do one thing is how you do everything. You know what I mean? I, so like I, I like that on the Coach Co Fitness like, level. You might be right. I'm not gonna right? jump necessarily, <laughs> but you're probably you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, and again, it's not about beating down the people that are no, that are down no, 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 no. But although, although I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I already mentioned it a couple, couple podcasts ago. I'm having like the most fun and success in the hobby I've ever had right now. Not, not during the wild roller coaster that was the past couple of years. Um, did I sell some stuff too soon? Yeah. Did I buy some stuff too late? Yeah, but I didn't hurt myself. And, and there are people. I mean, by the way, even in hockey, because we in the hockey world sometimes get like up on a high horse and talk about the stability of our thing. Yeah. 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 How our thing is doing. Okay, dude. And again, like the, the, the cartel is, it, it, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm popping off a little bit today just because of personal interpersonal experiences where it's like, you know, we have so many amazing options when it comes to a store, uh, a consigner, uh, uh, a grader, uh, that if, if you ha if a person I find them to be disrespectful or just disingenuous or just offering nothing to me beyond their slabs in a case, right? Because we all have slabs in a case. Yeah. But if you're not offering more than that on some level, you're not for me. I don't care. I'm moving on. Too many other good options out there. I will openly criticize. I will. I embrace what I love. I will openly criticize and not be afraid to criticize what, what I see happening. And if you're, if you're the type of person I find to be cold, you spend more time on your hair care for, for a card show. Maybe you know who you are, but you don't spend so much time getting to know people, talking things out. You may not make a deal one day, but you give a good interaction. A week later, they come back. You are going to make a deal. Cartel knows this. Okay. And you don't make a deal with me. Maybe you don't like me because we didn't make that deal. I don't know. Maybe you don't like my beard. Maybe you don't like my face. That's fine. Right. But you're the one sitting there over leveraged on individual cards. You thought you'd do well with your Capris offs. You find out you waited a little too long and you are not one of these types of people who are going to be willing to take a cut on it. You're going to just hold it and sit on it and scratch your head and whine and complain. And I'm going to sit there and see you doing uh, so it happens in the hockey hobby as well. We we, we discussed over leveraging on even some of the big names. Crosby's happened, having a great year. Happened to me. Definitely over leveraged if you have twenty of his future watch cards. Right. Happened to me with that same guy with the Crosby over leveraging. I mean, well, we, again, we he, we could tell we could do he, a whole podcast. He, he, thre he threatened to never do a deal with me again. Oh, what whatever shall you do? <laughs> whatever shall you do? Too many good <laughs> options out there, folks. Um. The, the auction the auction houses are tricky. It's not in my mindset because I'm happy. I'm a big fan of buy it now or best offer listings on eBay. To me, it is the tippy top of doing business because you don't have to worry about non-paying bidders. People that are trying to putting in the offer. But it requires, one, it requires 
patience though yeah that's true see i was i was getting there i was gonna say i'm not in a rush right if you are sure you're gonna you're gonna blast out an auction or maybe take an offer too soon but when you take when you're getting an offer i can i can vet the person first first and foremost and if i vet them and they seem decent even if they got like 50 feedback i mean everything just goes smoothly they they pay um i don't I have to worry it- about it also depends. It also depends on the price of the card too, right? Like if it's like a like two feedback dude, and it's like a two thousand dollar card, like you might be oh, a little bit, you might be a little more skeptical, right? Absolutely. Versus like if it's like a fifteen dollar card, I mean, all you have to do is relist it. It's really not that big of a deal. There's like two watchers on it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you get to recognizing schemes, man. There's a lot of schemes out there. People want to create completed listings for comps. If they got a show coming up and they're over leveraged on Matthews, they'll they'll send you a big offer on Matthews. If you're silly enough to take it, you've created a comp until it gets taken down. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, there. I mean, and we talked we talked about last week about how like yeah. what's, what's the vetting process for removing comps. I see. I still don't know that. I mean, that's, I, I don't have a good grip that's, on that. That's the what reality I mean. Is I I've seen I've been in a personal situation where someone used me to create a comp, and I've seen it. And you get and again, this comes with the time and experience. You get to you get to recognize these things. Now with the big auction houses, look. Here's the reality. I'm pretty sure, Coach Go. At some point, if you haven't already, I haven't yet. Funny enough, in my entire collectibles and hobby career, I will eventually have to go to one of these big auction houses, some of the bigger items. I, I will. And I'm going to have to, you know, like card porn said, they, they did all this research apparently, right? Well, I'll, I'll take their word for it. I'm not one of these people, by the way, right now, who is dead set on figuring out who card porn is. What is the next step? What do we do? Do, do we drag him from his home? And what, what are we going to do to him? What, why are we so obsessed with? Anyway, I don't care who card porn but, you know, card porn said that he did his due diligence. He did some research. I'm going to have to do the same thing. I, I actually hate that I'm going to have to do it because that is one sector of the hobby. I just really have a tough time with. I know too much and I've seen too much. You mean like um, the, the whole vetting process? No, just in terms of like, who am I going to choose? Am I going to go to Heritage, Golden? Who am I going to go to when it's time to move some of the bigger items later down the line? Which is inevitable, I think, for a lot of collectors. Um, I, I don't look forward to that. Yeah, I, but I, you just you just wait wait for it when you get there. You know, you'll figure it out when you get no, there for, for, for sure. But the reality is, we do need these large auction houses. We do. Um, but again, it just it's it's just this glaring. The whole thing with the judge ball is just this glaring reminder of the fact that we are calling you know certain people leaders and and experts, um, very loosely. You know, and that's why like one of the credos early on for me, for my feed on Instagram and for us as cardboard coaches was just like, try our best. It's very difficult. Try our best to kind of protect people, shield them from some crap and also just encourage people like we can't force anyone to do anything, but just encourage people to take a, a longer look, um, try to speak to the right people. We keep our you know DMs open for questions and, and to try to give people advice. Uh, it's more important than ever because people are going to get craftier now. There's like, it's not a very smooth landscape. Speaking, speaking, speaking of, you know, going to the right people and talking to the right people. I mean, you and I both have, uh, an LCS each, literally a local card shop. So one that's mm-hmm. local to you and one that's local to me. And both of them yes. mean very much to each of us. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's a place where I can, you know, discuss ideas and it's a safe place. Um, and, you know, this subject, this subject matter keeps coming up. The one that, ironically enough, I think Eric Whiteback, 
the first time he brought it up was probably on our show um, when we had him on as a guest when he was talking about the elimination of card shops. And now recently it's picked up a little bit more steam um, and it seems like more people are, are, I guess, on board for the elimination of card shops, which I, I just want to go on record before we go off and, and say I, I am yeah, 100% not on board for this idea, but keep going. And I respect, look, I'm, I'm okay with Whiteback's opinions. Yeah. Uh, he is a hobbyist. He's like random on the show, gave us some background. We had a good discussion about it rather than anything that was, you know, disjointed and silly like it gets on, on social media. Yep. Um, like a one, like new, a one-off phrase that's meant to, you know, just. He's, he's he's technically new to the card space. I think he was telling us he did collect when he was younger, but I don't know. I don't know if he had that experience that I've shared in terms of how important local card stores were to me growing up. I, I one story I never shared was that the guy who ran the hobby store because this was like, you know, card stores really started springing up in the nineties, later nineties, like that were just dedicated to cards. But like the ones I went to were hobby shops. You, you get like a model airplane. And then in the back there was cards and comics. And I, I'll never forget my LCS owner. I wish, I wish I could remember his, his name. It was, it was family run. Um, it was a, a Korean family. And I remember like, for some reason it dawned, like, I don't know why, but I, I stopped by the cards on the way to a baseball game. And I discovered that the, the, the netting in my glove um, and I was, I was first base, um, was damaged. And I, I, I noticed like, you know, there was like, you know, I don't know how I made the connection in my head, but there was all these models and things in, in, in the store. And I'm like, could you fix this? And he's like, oh yeah, I've got leather here. Any leather, you know, leather, leatherman, leather crafted my, my glove for like, he, let, he, my, my... he, he letter kennied your glove. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and I, I like charged my dad like 15 bucks. I, I, I almost hundred percent. It was like $15 and my glove was fixed up. And I'm just like, anyways, that's a silly aside. But the point is like, I have nothing but cherished memories. My first packs, first of all, the ability to buy packs. Not everyone has that these days, by the way, it's either the, the hobby box, you're buying it online or a lot of these stores, you can only buy hobby box, you can't even get packs. My first packs, my first trade, my first sale, um, buying a big single. I remember I bought a Ken Dryden OPG card. Man, C Coach Co, I really wish I still had that card. But um, first Tony Esposito rookie. Um, oh. These are important touchstones. And now we're seeing this really bizarre thing. I discussed this with you and a few other people. I, I've primarily been seeing it. First of all, everybody is a memer now. Everyone and their mom is a memer. Your mother is a memer um it, it, everyone now is and and the dirtier the better uh i blame i firmly blame lameem james for mainstreaming octane collectibles uh i love him i love you octane i know you're i know you're watching uh sometimes i i don't i don't 100 percent know where you're coming from but you but you like you like the dirty al goldstein stuff and that's cool but like everyone seems to be popping on that band bandwagon. And um, something I've seen is this negativity. I don't think it's because of Eric Whiteback, by the way. No, I don't think so either. Uh, because because what I've never heard this sort of narrative from him. But there is this narrative being created that don't trust your local card store. They're going to rip you off. Okay. And I have no doubt th th this mentality and mindset, you know, just one bad experience these days. Look, are you more likely to leave a negative or a positive Yelp or Google review? Probably a like negative one. one. Right. And yeah. one bad experience is going to throw you off and you're going to generalize. See, this is the, the brain of the racist, the brain of the moron, 
is if this one thing happened, it's all of them, it's, it's across the board, and I will have none of it, and I will spread my, my word of, of stupidity. Um, I'm not going to sit here and deny that I, have, I myself have walked into card stores in the United States that are very cold. They're typically newer. Um, they clearly don't 100% know what they're doing or the history of this hobby. And I get it. So I, I get where you might be coming from. But look, just like everything in life and what we've, talking, what, what we've talked about is like, find, there's plenty of options. Find the good option and you will see. If you find the right LCS, you'll understand. Yeah. You'll get it. Have a good discussion with them. You'll get it. See the community in the store. Talk to people. You'll get it. You and I get it. And we yeah. get it because locally we're, we're being exposed to that kind of experience. And I will never, ever want, even if it's snowing in Toronto and we have to get through that sludge to get there and hopefully not take an Uber because you know the fares are going to be extra. Um, in which case, call a back taxi. I'm just saying. But Yo, you there, know, been, there have been some Beck Taxi scams lately, man. I don't know if you should be. I heard quoting, about that, but I've never Beck had Taxi issue. on this. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Bring cash. Stop, stop handing people your debit card. Anyway, um, you know, we 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 will go that extra mile, and I will not replace that with just an online experience. Enjoy all of that, by the way. Get on tops.com and buy your local fractor boxes. Get on Walmart when you see a deal. I uh, upper deck. Cyber Monday, Series 1 deal. Go get it. But also, don't forget, your LCS is going to have sales. And yes, their retail product will be a little bit more expensive. I am not an economist. This is not AIH finance. (laughs) Coach Co. is a fitness professional who, like me, probably also hates paperwork and the money aspect of it all. We are not the experts in this sort of thing. Um, But... man i'm just i'm so i'm so heated i'm throwing myself off there's something called overhead when you are running a store particularly in toronto my god yes you're not gonna get the cheapest deal in the world you'll be able now by the way if you find the cheapest deals someplace like dave and adams you're gonna have to deal with shipping you're gonna have to deal with customs but retail stores are not there to give you the absolute lowest price on a box of prison doesn't work that way but they are there for you to sort through their dollar boxes and the cartel sometimes is there. You never know when you'll find the, where you'll find the cartel in Toronto to give you a free Vladimir Guerrero card for your, for your son or daughter for Christmas. Cause that's what you were primarily looking for when you buy a blaster that these are the experiences that come from the LCS. These are the options that come from the LCS. So you're, if you're sitting there like, oh, this prison box is so expensive. I got news for you. They got bills to pay. You know? Have you ever tried to execute a trade over Instagram? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a hair it's a heroin journey, right? Awful. Awful. I mean, whereas I mean, I've I've made many, many, many trades uh at my local card shop, you know, whether it was with I know that's an aspect people, that you you particularly people, thrive people on. There or people like that come in, you know, like, um, I, I just very much like, I, I like the being able to negotiate and I mean, man, the personal aspect of it, you know, like as much as I love interpersonal relationships, I love the fact that I've met so many of you through social media and through, you know, the electronics and all the other jazz. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sure that we'd have more fun in person, all of us, you know, like I'm sure that, 
uh, if we had a conversation and we were talking in person and you know, the conversation would go much smoother and it wouldn't take either of or both of us like six hours to respond on one end and four hours to respond on the other end. You know what I mean? Like yep. it would, I'm guilty of that myself. Yeah. Um, and, and that's understandable. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's, um, and that's how you build those interpersonal relationships. Like you yeah, said, and this applies to us as individuals, but also like if you're a parent out there, this applies to you as well. I want you to hear me loud and clear here, okay? Your kid is going to be a reflection of you to some degree. And if your kid's coming in with his Pelican or Zion case and talking to, you know, much less people his own age, but adults um, with an attitude, it's reflecting on you. You better keep that in check and build a relationship. See, if you build a relationship, yeah, but if he if if the guy does if the kid does come in and starts talking to people like that, he will very quickly get regulated. Versus yeah. like on the internet, True. he True. probably won't. True, but but I'll tell you what. There's a bonus here. If you as the parent build the relationship, there's a much better chance that when your kid acts up, I won't react with like anger or disgust. I'll just be like, he's being a cute kid. Listen, let's find a way to kind of distract him or something. Build up a relationship no matter what, okay? Um, there's so many good kids in the hobby. It outweighs them. We know we've talked a million times about there, there is a, a certain aspect of the generation coming up that is not very pleasant. But again, as a parent, let's 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 regulate that. Let's make sure we don't have these kids that are coming up in a salesman-y kind of, uh, kind of way. But again, just as the individuals, forget about the kids. Uh, I don't know if I'm making my point super clear there, but just as individuals, like, Try building the relationship with your LCS on some kind of personal level. If you, if, if you come in a certain way and you're just kind of looking to, to buy, sell coldly, that, 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 that garners its own reaction. But build the relationship. It's so much, it's so much easier to do in the, in the LCS versus online, like you just said. And you get to meet fantastic people. And you get to be part of a community when things go the right way. That's something I'm dedicated to, right? In, in, in 2023, I'm dedicated to finding ways. It's kind of like our buddy SWS Cards, who uh, I think you ran into at the, at the Lee Side Show. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, uh, Sam, a uh, good, good friend of ours, is creating all these shows, creating all these opportunities for the community. It's fantastic. Now, now, I'm not going to go the route of shows. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I set up at shows, but yeah, I'm not yeah, going to go like the two creating shows. shows. Yes. I'm going to go the route of trying to find ways to empower us as collectors, as hobbyists, as flippers, whatever it is that you see yourself as give you great options, cheaper options, better opportunities for consignment, better experiences. This is why I'm saying I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hired gun. I'm an assassin. I am the, the fat chow yun who's coming in there to deal lethal blows of the of, of making the, the the community better and more enjoyable on a on a on a local level um which i just think is something we really need right now and there's an opportunity for it given what's happening in the hobby i think we're pushing away this whole content creators running around with cameras and 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 making tens of thousands of dollar deals they're probably sitting on a lot of that junk right now i know it's not junk but I think you get what I'm saying. We need a little bit more of the personal level, a little bit more positivity, a little bit more community. It's going to come through the LCS. It's going to come through that local level. It's not going to come through on the nasty Instagram feeds where we're seeing everyone complaining and everyone fighting these days and people defrauding. Well, there's so much fraud we're exposed to on a daily basis. We see the stories. 
um, we experience it ourselves, all the difficulties on eBay, all the difficulties in, 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 in these interpersonal relationships. And we're going to start crapping on the LCS because you found out they charge $30 more for a prism box than some random dude online who doesn't have a store and electricity bills and all this other stuff that comes with, with, with having a store. Let's, let's get our priorities, right? It's funny. You, know? you, you mentioned, uh, you know, people fighting and uh, I feel like it's a wonderful transition into, um, you know, the, the guys over at uh, Luca Tiger LeBron or bronze. <laughs> Fighting um, words. Yeah, well, I mean, all you have to do is check the comment section of the little snippet that uh, Cage Lawyer uh, made in regards to, in so many words, he said that the sports card or the soccer card market is soft. Um, and he said he wouldn't buy, you know, soccer cards, you know, with someone else's money, basically. Um, and some of the reasons why he said this, um, I mean, he brought up the fact that in Europe, or he said that in Europe, they don't care about cards. Um, he also said that he mentioned, you know, you see all these people with messy jerseys and they're supporting their countries, but none of them are holding up cards or have cards present. Um, By the way, Coach Co, I'm, I'm just letting you know, and our viewers, I'm, I'm still here. I will be right back photographically but i am still here uh that is if i figure out what i'm trying to do here as well by the way nice um so i mean as i was saying he basically said that the soccer card market is soft now i feel a few ways about this the first way is he's not necessarily wrong now the soccer card market is a very new market. And as a result of that, there aren't as many dedicated collectors that have collected these specific types of cards for a long enough period of time where some of these ultra modern cards will actually hold up. For instance, I mean, I saw the gold prism Messi sell for $500,000. It was number to 10. It was a 2014 prism. And I just can't imagine. I can't imagine buying that card. And I am in love with soccer. I'm in love with football, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I have collected soccer stickers since forever ago is one of the first forms of collecting that I had in my life. And, and I still, it's not a grail for me by any means. I will take a messy rookie over that. I'll take a messy sticker over that card any day of the week. So with respect to the actual card, so the stock soccer cards, I, I, I don't know how solid those are. Now the market is still materializing um, and obviously buy what you like and never buy things you don't want to own long term. And and if you do, don't over leverage and all these things that we have been saying. But what, what I will say first is that he was not necessarily wrong in saying that the soccer card market isn't as solid as everyone thinks it is. Now, on the flip side, I mean, because of that, that 
clip was designed to get engagement, right? And, and what he wanted to do, I assume, was talk about the fact that m- much to what I mentioned, there, there's just not a lot of ground underneath those cards. What there is a lot of ground underneath. The is, timing was hellacious. Is soccer stickers, right? Um, and that I will defend. I'll defend because that's like my number one collective, my collecting or collection. Uh, I'll defend it because I know people in uh, basically all over the world who collect soccer stickers. I mean, so much so that the Argentinian government had to step in when there were distribution issues. Um, you know, Joker, not, I mean, it wasn't a joke. Like they actually needed soccer stickers because people were, they were revolting. Uh, that's how collectible stickers are. I mean, and, and, it's, and it's something that a lot of North Americans don't understand. Um, but soccer, soccer collecting in terms of stickers has been around for quite some time. I would argue that soccer stickers have a, um, a more dedicated uh, group of collectors than, you know, basketball or football. I mean, think about it. Basketball only really started to pop off in prices, what, 15, 20 years ago? I mean, if that's yeah. all we're using, I mean, how many people grew up collecting basketball cards? Honestly. By the way, it's an aside and it's not super yeah, yeah, and I'm not, it's not. It's not super relevant, but there was a thing happening between uh, 87 and 89 with Panini hockey stickers where they were outperforming cardboard for a couple of years there really only yeah it only got derailed by the fact that in 89 upper deck started producing baseball cards which started driving a little bit more of the cardboard market in canada because don't forget even as canadian kids we were taken by the whole ken griffey jr thing barry bonds and of course the brett hull rookie card in 88 89 opichi really revitalized sales, which is why they then doubled the print run in 89-90. Stickers were outperforming to the point where there was a couple of years that Tops didn't produce um, a couple of sets on their end in the mid-80s. And by the late later 80s, they were outperforming the cardboard and it just they basically got derailed by the first hobby boom. I'm just putting that out there. That I mean, is a real thing. It's a great aside. And, and I mean, it was truly collecting. I mean, like, you would finish your book every world cup, every Euro, like this. So many sticker collectors are, they collect the full sets, which I can't say a lot of people do when it comes to, I mean, ultra modern for sure. It's almost impossible to collect the full set now of anything. Um, But you know, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a a Fleer set that that a lot of people collect, but I mean, there's not a lot of people that collect sets realistically speaking. Um, I mean, even when it comes to basketball, right? So I I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I, I, I will argue that soccer sticker collecting globally is absolutely massive. Um, and maybe we just don't understand it as North Americans, but I think that cage is a little smarter than that. And I think that he understands that soccer stickers are highly collectible. He knows that he he, he even mentioned, he knows that in the comment section. And that now, it was mainly about the soccer soccer cards. I was going to post something in their comment section, but I kind of backed off it because I didn't want it to, to come off like I was completely supporting what Cage said, which is not a big deal, whatever. I mean, I Cage lawyer is a, he's a dude in the hobby. Um, but 
I was kind of to a degree gonna kind of throw in a word about the fact first of all I'm a cardboard junkie I don't care if it's Star Wars I don't care if it's sports I I love I love the this concept of the rectangular piece of cardboard I always have I collected garbage pail kids as a kid I collected the Marvel cards hockey was first and foremost you, you could imagine my excitement when top started making UFC cards and I could get them at the convenience store back in 09. That was exciting for me. That same excitement, if there's someone out there who loves cardboard and it happens to be a soccer fan, that same excitement has been happening for them the past few years. And I mean, look, what is it? Is it literally coinciding with the lockdown and COVID where, where people started collecting soccer cards like they are now I well think they it, I they think... all it's only they only started producing them at that level like right via COVID, essentially right like right. well and tops too actually i mean yes, less yeah. less panini more tops quite frankly so, um, so it's very new it's but very, like the first tops chrome champions league set is like and that's like the big like the, the one of the flagship sets now was 2017 2016 so, so... That would be so. That's the equivalent of like two thousand nine UFC tops round one. Yes, right? yes, okay. yes, yes. So now before so that, there was there was Panini cards, you know, two thousand fourteen. Um, yeah. there was Panini Select in two thousand fifteen, but like there wasn't really any consistent releases, and and not necessarily in like, um, there was like one set per yeah. year almost. So Do you know what I mean? So it's it's so new. It is and so new. The point that I was going to make that I, I didn't want it to come off like I was just like, um, you know, behind cage going, yeah, um, is that it is really going to take some time. You have to have a connection. What I was going to say was UFC was lucky because it was coming off the incredible popularity of the Ultimate Fighter, which is one of the most successful reality shows at the time. And so the timing was great. And now there is a generation of people. There is a group of people. I, don't, I won't call it a generation. It's such a cliche. There's a group of people that can say to themselves, UFC cards and UFC. There's an association. Yeah. Soccer has this insane. By the way, UFC is a, a child of a sport. You, you can only trace that to like 92. Soccer is a very long running international sport and it has one collectible connection stickers. Now, if you're going to create, which you already talked about, if we're going to create that cardboard connection, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. the same token, I said that the, the guys like yourself, the soccer collectors, I know that are passionate. I'm seeing big numbers, man. Uh, Coach Co, there's a, a kid at, at Mint Inc. who came in, he collected, uh, he picked up an order of, 250 or 300 SGC graded soccer cards, wow. autographs, one of ones, parallels. I was going through them. I didn't know who any of these players were. Yeah, yeah. I love when people are showing me showing off stuff to me, and I'm just like nodding my head, like, oh yeah, I oh, yeah. love it, fantastic. But at the same time, as a cardboard junkie, I get it, and I was like, wow, man, I'm like, okay, I know Neymar Jr., I know Ronaldo, I know, you know, I I know a Neymar autograph is good, right? Yeah. I know a Ronaldo autograph is good. I know I know a, a messy one of one. That kid's celebrating today, by the way. That's I, I was telling him to sell that thing. I don't know how you feel about that, but I was telling him sell sell on the way, not of the day. I mean, I still I still would say get rid of it, but not. No, of course. But, I mean, but, but I, on, I the way, also on the way or on the day is what I'm saying. But anyway, I, you know, like they, no they have, you got to wait for there to be the connection between the sport and the cardboard. 
So and, and, I do, and I do think that that's there. Yeah. Like, I do think that that's there. Um, do I think that a lot of people bought soccer cards because the World Cup was coming and don't actually want to own these things long term? Yeah. I do. I truly do. Right. Like right. a lot of the stuff in my collection. I mean, I would own it just because I like those players anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I wasn't buying, you know, I don't know, Raheem Sterling because I was like, oh, man, Marie, Marie or uh, Raheem Sterling is going to be the best player of this tournament. And I can't wait to sell his stuff. No, Raheem Sterling's had a great career thus far. Um, and, you know, he happens to be a part of England and happens to be on Chelsea and all, all these other clubs. Um, yeah. But, like, I think I think that's that's kind of what he meant, is that, like, there's a lot of people right now, chances are, now the World Cup is over, okay? And for those people who only watch soccer every four years, and I'm sure there's a lot of those people who just finished watching this tournament and might own cards. Those are the people that are more than likely, unless their cards appreciated, are they're probably going to be just dumping their stuff when shit hits the fan. Let's say, you know, they're, they need, I don't know, money for X or Y, or maybe they want to buy something um, for their actual PC. Well, those, this is a cool those card are the cards that are getting dumped. I pulled this card out of a pack. It's an Alfonso Davies Sparkle Refractor. Yeah. Out of time. I like this card, man. I like it. It's nice. Anyway, I'm just saying. No, no, but cardboard I... is cardboard. I get where Cage was coming from. The way that he phrased it and the way he put it out there was very clickbaity. Yeah, I mean and clever in that sense. Um yeah. Because it, it fueled discussion and and it fueled discussion uh with some passionate soccer collectors that I know, like with me, right? Um talking about the space and and uh i i mean we talk about this all the time like discussion is a good thing right so ultimately sure. um you know things that kind of push the envelope uh, create these these kinds of discussions and, and it allows people to to take in new information and and perhaps hear a side that they weren't willing to hear before or they they were completely oblivious to hear me now luca tiger braun i think we have enough uh, biscuit in the basket. We got enough fuel in the fire for a, an intercontinental Canada, USA cardboard coaches, X Luca tiger Braun podcast. I think that's something that should happen. Maybe I am counting my eggs before they hatch or hatching my eggs before I counted them. But I think we've got something here, boys, Andrew DM me. You know that I'm always sliding into your DMS. You're always sliding into mine. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. I was like, I don't know what's what's going on with that relationship, but uh, Ooh, maybe I'm, I'm happy for you guys. It's perhaps even even on the same level as the signed and slabbed sports card cartel uh, tumultuous whoa. Whoa. relationship. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That said, Coach Co, my phone is about to die. You know that my phone only has very limited. <laughs> well, we were ready to wrap it up anyway. Team, uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, please do not forget to like, subscribe comment share this with your friend uh maybe you heard something on here that you want to discuss further leave it leave that comment in the comment section let's get this That's party right. going i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and have yourself a wonderful rest of the day cardboard coaches are Peace, out of here y'all